Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> well, she's having a big gulp of water just as I was about to say, hello, Franz. Are we recording? We're, we're going to record. This is a podcast. Yeah, in modern day podcast. Um, now we can't do it with our orange microphone. Quite a shame, actually. I, I was thinking about them the other day, thinking I actually quite miss talking into my tryhards uh, mic. I do. I, I feel like this doesn't feel, sometimes it feels like we're just having a chat because we have like an hour long chat before we even press record anyway. And then afterwards I have like fleeting moments of, was that in the podcast or were we talking about that? And I start to worry. <laughs> we are but hey, it shows talk. just how relaxed we are. And I mean, I'm, I can't I'm even think of the word. <laughs> I'm in pajamas for the pod today. So, and uh, as we discussed, um, as you showed how um, it looks like you're in the on the other side of the world because it's nighttime because your curtains are closed. But as you got up, you did explain to me that you're in your pajamas and you could see your pants which I could see your pants you didn't need to highlight yeah. it but but then I That's felt interesting like interesting one isn't it you're aware that I was aware that you were aware of my pants it's an interesting one where we point out the obvious to people to make them is it to make them feel less uh, well more comfortable or is it to highlight the fact that we're slightly embarrassed by it I think it's the latter because I always think the key example <laughs> of that is how when you see a close friend like say say I turned up to your house and I had a big spot on my face the first thing I do is go oh god ignore the massive spot on my face and I think that's such a common thing to do and the other thing I always find it really funny I'm really bad at when people compliment my clothes or compliment my outfit not not that many do because normally I get like oh yeah anyway and that but you have you have to tell them instantly if it's from a sale or from yeah. like a cheap shop you can't like just go oh thanks it's like, like just, it's someone, like hidden shame if someone says your hair looks nice you go yeah I washed it like <laughs> that's my defense mode for it. yeah I've washed it and people are like oh okay um how's um, your week been yeah it's been good I've been busy 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 um Obviously not so busy, busy, busy this weekend um, with the cancellations. But um, yeah, no, I 
I think I've briefly mentioned on the podcast, I'm part of a company that is launching in February um, and we are really starting to ramp up that work. Um, I've really enjoyed it actually. It's a totally different use of my brain around um, and it's the, the foundation of it um, is based around the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which is something I didn't have a clue about what they were because they kept using the acronym SDGs on the call. And then I was like, maybe I should Google it because I have no idea what they're on about. Um, so anyone that's listening, it's something that I'm involved in at the moment, but I'm not going to say too much more because it will come out in due course, but it's something that I've been really enjoying doing. How about you? Um, I, you know, I've told you I've had a bit of a rough week. I am struggling a bit because my, I hit my hand before Christmas, which people who listen to the pod frequently will know. Um, I'd actually hit it earlier in the summer and then slipped the week before Christmas and hit it again. And I've been in hospital this week and I've got to go back tomorrow. And it's just frustrating because when you come out and they say to you, um, you were still not sure if it's broken or not. And I'm like, your doctor this is your thing to know so I basically got um a question mark over a fracture in my hand and then have also it basically every time I go it gets a bit worse so now they're like oh you've got carpal tunnel and you've got a cyst in your wrist and yesterday I made the like fatal error of saying to my dad well what does a carpal tunnel release mean and he talked me through it and I nearly fainted in my mum and dad's kitchen because um it's when he said they make a little incision in your wrist I was like oh, oh my god so yeah it's just yeah so it's really I've did had I, a rough did I ever tell you did I ever tell you I was awake for the surgery on my thumb well I so I you have a block in yeah your oh god yeah so I for those that don't know I do have dodgy thumbs um most people do know because they appear on photographs all of the time um and oh on my pause for positivity we'll get to this in a minute i yeah. just digress from the thumbs someone made a comment about the instagram post about oh i like the headband or something but stop biting your nails i nearly deleted the, the post because i was like how dare you take away like net recognize but my thumb at the same time stop biting your nails yeah no i know but i'm just i didn't need it pointed yeah. out on my instagram anyway um my thumbs yeah so i handed someone off we were on tour in canada and then I handed someone off, but with my thumb down towards my palm. Weird, not quite sure why. New technique that I tried. Um, mm. And it dislocated and, and ruptured the ulnar collateral ligament, which is the one on the top of your thumb, across the joint. And um, during when it happened, I was like, oh, God. Anyway, so I went to the side of the pitch. Um, There's probably about five people on the bank watching. And the physio came over and was trying to put, put my thumb back in place. But it kept flopping back out again. So I was like please just tape it up so she taped it up and then because Canada realized the fullback was off the field I could see them lining up to basically kick so she taped it as she was taping it I was like moving down this touchline with her and then as they kicked the ball I ran back onto the field and fielded the ball <laughs> and then carried it and I was like oh this is awful anyway long story short um ended up in a massive plaster cast needed it to be um have surgery um on it and yeah they put a, a what are they called a tourniquet around the top of my arm and then I was awake for it and they and the surgeon was like singing along to uh some music that was going on and he was like do you want to have a little look and I was like yeah right so he showed me what my thumb looked like showed me the ligament showed me the bone it was 
awful. It was like a little a bright white chicken bone. Um, yeah. And he Wait, showed me why it kept desiccating. Um, it was quite fascinating. And I was like, obviously yeah. high on adrenaline because I was wheeled out and I was like, I absolutely feel fine. Like I feel like this is, is weird. Like I've had like surgery, open surgery and my thumb's been opened up. I've had a pin put through it, all sorts of things. Felt fine, obviously then like with adrenaline spiking and then the, the big collapse of adrenaline happened. And I was like, oh, I'm yeah, in so right. much pain. Um, I had anyway. a, um, I've only ever had that like block once. I had to have an operation on my foot when I was like 12. And again, like that local anesthetic block in like a limb. And I can remember being like really blase about it and being like, it doesn't hurt. And then that like, you know, wearing off of the adrenaline of being awake whilst they do it and they're like oh I'm stitching it up now and you're like, oh yeah and just like my head completely going and in fact I was talking to my mum about it yesterday because I remember so I was 12 and I was like the my parents bedroom had sky in the bedroom so when I was off school I was allowed to like lay in their bed all day to watch sky I, obviously my mum didn't want me downstairs getting on her nerves and I remember I got up to go to the toilet and the dressing came off my foot and I had stitches through my toenail. And I was like, mom, mom, come upstairs. And she stood in the threshold of the doorway gagging. And she was like, I can't help you. I can't see this. <laughs> I feel like crying because she wouldn't come and help me. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, I just, I've got like, it's just got me really like down in the dumps this week about the kind of, I don't know, like it's, I'm in pain. I don't know what's going to happen. There's obviously a chance I'm going to go back into plaster tomorrow and it just makes me want to cry all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's... that's. Different. Well, anyway, should we pause for some positivity? Yeah. My pause um, for positivity. You go first because I don't know what mine is. Actually, I do. Okay, so my pause for positivity. I um, went a little bit off script two days ago and decided... I'm not a bath person, so I love a shower. I'll stand in the shower for hours. I get bored in the bath and... I get overheated because I like it to be hot and then I get flustered. So I'll always take a big pint of cold squash in, normally like an orange, or at least I've got the peeling to like keep me entertained. <laughs> um, anyway, I had a bath the other day and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go off script. I'm going to have one at 3 p.m. Oh, That's yeah. a little bit mad for me, a bit weird. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. Anyway, Simone had a little surprise at Christmas, just so like a little present. He got me this like um, new bath salts and I was like, he whinged that I hadn't used them like a week or so ago and I was like okay I'll use them anyway so I was like oh this is really nice I can have a bath wash my hair like chill out blah, blah, blah. anyway sprinkle the stuff in and then realized that the red stuff in the pot wasn't um salts it was uh petals and I was like oh god like I've never like what is this Anyway, so I got in and I was like, you can't wash your hair. With like, So my pause positivity of like going off script and having a bath, one was affected by the fact that why would you have like floating leaves around you or petals? I don't get that. And then two, I'd said to him, you know what? Why don't you empty everything out of the drawer under the bed um, to so I can sort it out? So it needs, needs to be sorted. And then for the whole time I was in the bath, I could hear them sorting stuff with the fear that he was getting rid of things and so my pause of positivity didn't quite work um so my the moral of the story is make sure if like go off script have that bath but if you're going to do it create an environment where you can relax because it was possibly one of the worst 
you say that, but it actually sounds like you cultivated in that circumstance the perfect setting because you are a hoarder. And actually, the fact that you were in a situation where you couldn't say to Simone, don't throw away that one odd sock just in case I find the other one, which I haven't found in the past 15 years. It's probably got like <laughs> Uick archers on the like top of the sock then actually it's probably the perfect environment because you were you know disarmed and had to enjoy also you are the worst girl in the world the fact that you're like why would you have petals floating in your bath that sounds why it sounds why would you because it's it's relaxing it's not relaxing they're like little pieces of skin that attach to you and then when you empty the bath I was like okay so I have a bath like nice relaxed I don't know why I'm doing this as a pause for positivity, but it's just a reflection on how to make sure you relax. Is um, Because then when I let the water out, it, they blocked up the sink and then they stained the bath and then I had to like bleach the bath. I was like, what right, is going okay, on? Well, this doesn't feel very positive now, but do you know what? I, before I give you my pause for positivity of like what's been my positive in life this week, I'm going to give you a try hard tip. I don't know how safe this is, just I'm going to caveat it with that. If you are somebody who likes a hot bath, I'm going to recommend something to you now epsom salts in your bath anyway buzzing everyone loves an epsom salt bath put a couple of teaspoons of powdered ginger in there and you will sweat like you've never swept before now i call it a detox bath i used to do it if i had like a big night out and i needed to like slide myself into a dress that was perhaps a little bit too tight and you you get like goo coming out your skin because you sweat so much and all the rubbish comes out so that's my try hard tip if you want a detox bath teaspoon of powdered ginger in with your epsom salts and it is a winner i i actually feel like that have a big glass of water on hand i was going to say that extreme dehydration from the amount of sweating you've just mentioned the fact that goo comes out of your skin Mm. i i i'm going to put a massive warning sign on that tip um and maybe suggest nights out and bodybuilding competitions is probably (laughs) okay like obviously universe also might help um my pause for positivity I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before but the thing that changed my life last year this is going to sound like the most millennial thing in the world but during lockdown one I'm just trying to remember which lockdown it was at the very end I had realized that whilst being locked down and not being able to go out I was saving a ridiculous amount of money every month purely from not buying takeaway coffees and it just made me really reflect on like what a waste of money it is and don't get me wrong I really like to support like small local businesses and stuff like that but like Starbucks like Starbucks (laughs) yeah um Um, and you know if you're somebody who like me lives a life on the road a bit with work you go to Starbucks you get your coffee you get your chicken and avocado wrap in the spinach fajita like it's very easy to spend six seven pounds have you gone somewhere? Did you just turn um, the off? Oh, there you are. Um, and before you know it, you've, you know, by the end of the week, you spent 30 quid in Starbucks. And I was really angry with myself about the fact that you total that up over the year and it's a disgusting amount of money. So I bought myself an espresso machine and it has honestly changed my life. Like I can get up in the morning, make myself a really nice coffee and just start my day before I even can I just can I just say what what's another uh, another thing that is positive about the coffee machine that you chose 
Um, what's another positive about the coffee? Oh, you you did some research on it to find which one was the best one for me. And you ended up, and there's some really good deals out there with 5,000 podcast, po- podcasts, pods. <laughs> yeah, free Chai Hards podcast and um, a load of pods My favourite well. pods is like Chai Hards colours. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. So uh, those the, those you know the, what? I've got like little Nespresso friends on social media now. I've got like people who I DM about like what offers are on and like what new pods are out. And oh, stuff. Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, I don't have a tip for this week because I think that that is a magnificent one to move on. Perhaps your tip is don't do my tip. Yeah, don't don't put the um no because you just gave two or is that the pause for positivity no, I'm not quite sure positivity was my coffee machine like it is the most positive oh okay yeah that. sorry yeah my tip yeah. is don't necessarily listen to LJ's tip okay. um if you don't want to have massive headaches migraines or um cause yourself yeah serious stress I mean you get palpitations from it but good ones um okay let's move on to the biggest news of the week which is not your injury not but... my injury <laughs> Um, we will get a men's Six Nations, but the women's Six Nations is going to be delayed slightly, which um, there are negatives and positives, but you think there are some overwhelming um, positives that we can take from this? Yeah, so like for a long time, the there's been question mark over does the women's Six Nations need to be alongside the men's? And yes, it's a time when there's loads of branding around and it's like this big hype, but it's constantly in its, I don't think it's in its shadow, but it's just, it's never a priority. And yeah. I think that that's, um, and also- Also ran, isn't it? Pardon? So like in racing, it's an also ran. So it's not the headline act, despite the fact it should be the headline act. Yeah, and, and actually there's constant battles and competition for space in the media, whether that be written, um, features, uh, coverage. Also, in my opinion, to an extent, sometimes with um, activation and time spent from um, brands and sponsors and commercial entities in terms of just time that they've got to think about strategizing for the women's game. And I don't think that that isn't meant as a necessary criticism because I've seen the inner workings of some of that and it's bloody hard to get things going and especially like when sponsors come in like you know for instance Guinness Six Nations and they they had like such a ridiculous turnaround that actually there's only so many hours in the day but I think it's just giving the women's game the best possible platform to to be successful Um, and I think that is delivering at a, a different time I think the challenge that they've got is that they have just said spring summer, which is um, a slightly large range of months. Um, and then I think the other side of it is what I don't want them because it's has been delayed. There is an opportunity to improve and develop what and strategize behind what that looks like in the current climate or with an anticipated climate, but it doesn't just get left and then the men's is focused there's a focus on the men's and then there's panic to get the women's going um I think they just need to make sure that they use the the time wisely do you think that we will see an alteration of the fixtures in terms of um at the moment this is something that we've talked at great length about on the podcast and anyone involved in women's rugby and and who watches women's international rugby will 
you know have talked about with friends and and on here is that at the moment the women's tournament mirrors the men's tournament and sometimes that means that the men's builds to a crescendo whereas we start with la crunch in the women's and the tournament is almost decided by that game do you think that this that we will see them change the order of the fixtures so that they're bespoke to the women's tournament and we can almost have a a peak at the end or um just so that it doesn't have to follow the order that the men's is in yeah, well, the order is decided by um, world ranking. And so it's totally different in the women's to the men's. And so actually it could just follow exactly the same structure, but the teams change, like you say. Um, I think it's a really good point. I think um, actually, you know, having promotion and relegation in the women's Six Nations might not necessarily be a bad thing. Um, I don't know. I think the, the challenge you've got with that is the funding resources going towards a women's game if they risk losing their opportunity to be on the biggest platform from a media and commercial perspective. Um, but then you've also got Spain that is highly, is who her, I've actually played Spain in the Six Nations and then there was a shift with Italy coming in. And actually, you know, Italy have progressed up like last, not last season, the season before Italy came second in the Six Nations having beaten France at home, like it was mad, like absolutely brilliant. But, you know, the fact that they did so well is sh overshadowed by the fact that their men's team is doing so poorly. But by being in the Six Nations, they've had that opportunity to grow and develop. But Spain are actually ranked higher, I think, than Scotland at the moment. Maybe yeah. that shifted with their draw in the, against the French. Um, so rightly, should Spain be in that? you know, Six Nations tournament, could the tournament actually become bigger than Six Nations? Could it be something different and yeah. changed as a strategy um, around a world world region tournament type of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's loads of different possibilities. I think we won't see those types of changes happen this year, but those are the types of conversations that, like I say, need to be happening to look at it from a strategic perspective, not just to deliver as a deliverable this year, but moving forward. Um, and they need to have the right stakeholders in the room. I, I feel like there's a lot of decisions made by people that don't necessarily know the women's game, know the ins and outs of the growth of the game, know the ins and outs of how it's been delivered over however many years and what can we learn from and what can we, you know, what can we implement, like kind of a stop, start, continue type of conversation. I know that, you know, being an ambassador for Guinness, I sat down with them and their their team and and, and they asked me questions they said right what what as a player do you think works what do you think you know and, and we're open to that conversation and I think that that needs to happen as much yeah. um around the, the, the strategy not, not just from a commercial partner's perspective I think it's interesting as well because obviously the reality of the Six Nations is that that as a brand Six Nations and as a name as a title speaks for itself so in terms of mirroring the men's there's obviously a huge positive but the thing that kind of like sticks in my mind a little bit is that it does feel right that perhaps this is expanded to a seven nations if we can do that could it be eight and actually whilst not everybody loved the autumn nations cup and its structure to me that's something that could be applied to the women's in this form of two conferences of four teams that play each other and then we have a four three four third three third second three, second third three first just in terms of keeping things interesting, perhaps you're reducing like massive blowouts and games are more competitive, but it also does mean that you're going to have growth through the years and people are going to move around in those 
tournaments because it only takes one loss to alter where you fall in those conferences. And I do think that's something that could be explored, but it's just about, are we there yet in terms of the women's tournament in whatever form that is being supported enough to take that leap of faith and say, we are rebranding as the spring nations tournament or something like that. So that's certainly something that, and, you know, we've talked on the podcast before about the fact that the Six Nations have taken the women's, the Six Nations as a business have taken the women's tournament to tender now in terms of sponsorship. And that's a huge positive. And actually that backing is perhaps where we're going to see changes ultimately in structure and strategy on the field as well as off of it in terms of commercial entity. So yeah, I mean, I think from a Six Nations perspective, I think they look that they have made changes. It has developed over time. You know, the, the way that it's now all delivered um, through the media, like, and people complain, oh, it's not all on TV yet. Yeah, like, look, the big games, the big games need to be on TV, but that all of the games are accessible. And actually, a lot of the stuff being pumped out on the internet is good for the global audience. Yeah, because actually, globally, they can't necessarily access Sky Sports. Like, no. do you know what I mean? And so, the England games aren't necessarily available to everyone. Yeah. you know that might want to watch it whereas the welsh games they can be accessed because it's via via bbc um or you know online somewhere and, there are YouTube and stuff like that yeah absolutely. yeah um i think one of the things that on uh, my frustration and i've you know as part of the a column that i wrote recently for the um the 15 was around the language and how we talk about women's rugby in the media and um, and actually getting away from the narrative of being, you know, always about like the development and the growth of the game and, and actually giving it some credit for being an elite sport. And we talked last week about the difference between amateur and professional, but elite is different for me. I think that it's, that to me classifies as somebody that is the best at what they do in their country or within their area and, you know training full-time basically um, whether you're getting paid or not the amateur professional is the pay actually elite is about your um commitment to it so if you're a full-time athlete whether you know whatever and in the press release ben morale who's the ceo of six nations he's he's quoted to say we're fiercely committed to the promotion and development of rugby at all levels particularly the women's game where we see such exciting opportunity for growth now he goes on to say that you know and then obviously it's talking about the under 20s and and i and people would say well surely that's a positive quote well i think it is and i know why he said it um and it's been written but this is the type of thing that i feel holds back the game this is an announcement that the top level of women's rugby in europe is being postponed and it's come out at the same time as under 20s there's this constant like connection between us and the under 20s we are the top we are senior now I understand that both of them have been cancelled probably for very similar reasons you know whatever but when are we going to actually say this is the top level of the women's game and give it that respect you would never talk about the growth of the women the men's game when we talk about the men's six nations being postponed or cancelled do you know yeah. what I mean and and I think that that's where we need to make the changes and they're very very subtle but have a very big effect and yeah. and that kind of links to maybe your point about what well, you know you're saying about um the it being the Guinness six nations the Guinness six nations is the men's six nations yeah talk about sponsorship the women doesn't have a headline sponsor so but, but Guinness do support them they're just not the headline so when they talk about oh 
the Guinness Six, like the Guinness Six Nations is happening or the, the history of the Guinness Six Nations, they are only ever going to talk about the men's, but then it takes away from the fact that the women's is being played because yeah. there's just, that's the only one. Whereas if it was the Guinness Six Nations and something else, Six Nations, because that's the women's, it would then give it its own credibility. Are we falling behind perhaps other tournaments? And is this where the Six Nations need to, as a business, strive to match what World Rugby have done in that we refer to the World Cup now in terms of Rugby World Cup 2021? It is not the Women's oh. World Cup. So should the Six Nations now be the Guinness Men's Six Nations? Is that what it well, should that- be called? Because it isn't, it's the Guinness um, Six Nations and then the Women's Six Nations. Yeah, but it's the Guinness Six Nations because Guinness are the headline sponsors and they only are the headline sponsors of the men's, which is absolutely fine. If they were both, then it should be men's and women's. I think where World Rugby have got it wrong, in my opinion, we've spoke about this loads, is that they've taken away the gender. So then to explain something, you have to put the gender back in. Whereas if you just put men, you add men's, if you add men's to something, it means that they're, it's basically promoting the women's because it's your stating agenda so therefore there must be the other gen- yeah. do you know what I mean and so I think world rugby I know what again I know why they've done it but I think they they haven't have they gone out and spoken to people the stakeholders from within the game to say yeah. does this work and it's I think that the biggest thing for all of this moving forward is to not be precious to say we don't really know let's yeah. talk to people you know, where I think the RFU at times get it wrong. They don't speak to past players. They don't speak to people that are engaged in the game enough. And I don't know why. I don't know whether it's because they don't feel they can ask for the time from somebody um, or whether they just think that, because it comes across as, or maybe they think it, they know better. Or yeah. I don't know, because actually that's how we develop the game. Um and move it forward and we don't keep making the same mistakes that have been happening year on year on year. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, well, we'll park that now because we've put a time limit on this pod today. Other news this week is that 
there's a pause of rugby, all forms of rugby, and the Allianz Premier 15s is also going to have a two-week break, um, which we, you know, is appropriate considering the girls aren't being tested and the virus is at this point horrendously everywhere, um, as we're all acutely aware. But it does mean that um, last the last round, if you haven't caught any of it like go back and watch the highlights because there were some really good games in the last round of the premier 15s um i know yeah you, know, you are you are part welsh uh, danielle sean waterman and you want to talk about some <laughs> players so here we go um yeah i think the biggest result um from the weekend i didn't manage to see it was um bristol getting nudged by exeter at, um I think it was like last ditch score from Exeter to win it. Um, and crazily, Jazz Joy scored a hat trick for Bristol and there still wasn't enough. I think one of them was an intercept. It was a hell of a finish. Um, oh, they were amazing. I just want to quickly, really quickly say a massive thank you to Emily at the RFU who on Saturday night, I texted her or emailed her and said, look, um, Scrum 5 tomorrow evening, we really want to get one of Jazz's tries in the show um and she was on it like by 10 o'clock on Sunday morning I'd had those tries sent over to me and it's just this kind of everyone now is realizing yes let's push the women's game get it out there and it was you know of all of the tries on show on scrum five on Sunday evening Jazz's was the pick of all of them so <laughs> she's a little racing snake I used to call her Randall you know from Monsters Inc <laughs> the one that would disappear that's how she runs as well she's got quite a long body and little legs that goes very fast um and I actually think I shouted. I was over in Vegas at a tournament and I was like, go, Randall. <laughs> She's whizzed past people. Oh God, next time I see her, I'm 100% going to steal that. Um, I think the other one for Wales fans is that um, Seanad Harris scored a hat-trick for Worcester on Saturday as well. She did. I mean, they put, I mean to be fair, they pumped DMP 17-0, yeah. I think. Yeah, she seemingly isn't involved in the Welsh squad under the new coaching management um it will be interesting to see how that changes um her yeah uh, she's a good player she's a tough player actually I think um to be fair one person from Worcester that I we spoke about right at the start of the season who I didn't even know was Welsh is Alex Callender because basically she looks like Alex Matthews which is weird (laughs) she's class um I'm looking forward to hopefully see her in Welsh colours because I think she's been brilliant. Like, and I didn't pick her out as somebody that I just because she was well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, because I didn't know, I actually picked her out because I thought she was she was brilliant. She was really good. So, yeah, that'd be interesting yeah, one. I covered it last week for BBC. There's, um, you know, a, a wholesale change in the coaching setup for Wales. Was she in camp. She was. Am I not allowed to ask uh, that? She wasn't there. You know, I think there are probably. There are people with an awareness of that there have been issues and, and clashes of personalities in the past for Wales. And let's hope now, um, as much as like Warren is Mr. Positive, I actually think Tails is going to have the biggest impact on that. And maybe we will see some people come in from the cold where they've been for the past couple of seasons. So, you know, we wait with oh, I didn't re- and, Yeah, so, you know. It was I didn't realise that's slightly awkward. But anyway, um, one thing positive for Wales is also um, shout out for Kira Bevan, who started her running uh, return operation on her ankle, was it? Um, and uh, yeah, it, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of the first running session. And there was another player that hasn't run for a long time who's Welsh, who's a fly half, got blonde hair, knee injury Gareth Anscombe there we go he did a first running session as well he was I think his was like a 
a 17 month break like I've been there um and yeah so just a little shout out and and unfortunately on the other side of it another person with ankle surgery um given that Saracen's game was cancelled last weekend one Fleeto was supposed to make a return so I was all excited about that because she's had injury after injury but Rosie Galligan who plays in the second row capped international um plays Saris, um has had an, an awful time with um injury 357 days of rehab and um she was supposed to play at the weekend and she didn't because the game was called off and then oh, two yeah. more weeks you know when you're just literally like over the year mark so this 365 days in a year yeah i was just thinking Sorry. yeah i was like how many days oh my god I got a bit. <laughs> yes. um yeah but um i don't know long long time to wait i think she had a couple of surgeries as well but Rosie, keep in there. Um, keep believing that you will get to play rugby, Fleeto. Yeah. <laughs> we can't wait. The you game back. will return. Um, okay, so the other thing is there's no women's matches. There's no men's matches. So um, these two rounds of Europe have been suspended because of the French. Um, we are hopeful of having a Six Nations in a fortnight's time, but nobody hold your breath. Um but Europe has gone for the next two weeks. So that's both of us now not working for two weeks. Um, but you Oh my are... God, can I just say on that? Go on. I'm so frustrated because um, I was supposed to commentate on Ulster Gloucester this weekend. So my priority over the last few weeks, like I've been, as, as we've spoken about, I've been watching more Pro 14 to make yeah. sure that I've got like a backlog of information about the teams and players. So I was like, brilliant, massive game in Pro 14. Leinster Ulster so I was like gonna watch it right no problem first time I've actually genuinely been quite excited about a game so I was like oh, Ulster in a good place oh my god so I watch that and then I get keep getting these messages from my brother Sam because we're still doing a we're doing the fantasy league and every week he has to remind me to do it but he was like oh he had a dog woo so he was like absolutely burning up getting me all these points and I was like oh is it a good game he's like you need to watch it and I was like no no I'm watching the Lent's Ulster game and it was like pulling teeth by the end oh and God, so boring <laughs> and I I can't believe that I forced my way through watching that game missing the bar wasps game live and like you turned on with 10 minutes to go at like the most ridiculous scoreline that yeah, I, so I was watching Leinster Ulster and then was like it was so boring I was scrolling Twitter and Ben <laughs> Coles from the Telegraph tweeted something like someone's got a tenner on this being 100 points and I was like what and I turned it over to see kind of 20 <laughs> minutes of Priestland looking great, who is rumoured to be coming to the Blues, which I'm more than happy about, and Falatau just being like his his Falatau best. So I was like, this is mega, huge scoreline. Um, it was it was proper Friday night lights, running rugby, buzzed off that, and then Saturday night awful nightmare kind of memories for all blues fans of being back at Cardiff city stadium. There were probably about the same amount of fans in there as there were when we played there for those two seasons. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. Um, but yeah, Mulverhill has obviously left the blues caretaker coaching in the form of Richard Hodges and Richie Reese for a weekend and the blues beat the scarlets. We it always happens, there. doesn't it? Always oh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to impress the new old guys. So it's yeah, true, I, though. 
it's, I was really it's excited. genuinely true had a couple of non um, years with dad whilst we watched it for dry jam oh, a few weeks going strong work. Um, um actually interesting you talk about blues because i i'm interested to see like there was these games the, like chaos with um the like games and the score lines and stuff like that but also there's um some quite big news with players moving back to their home nations so like thomas francis where is he going does it has it been announced the um exit prop oh, okay so, yeah. so and also um man with the hair which i know like we talked about in the autumn um, yeah he's he's going back he's leaving uh worcester do you know what um, that's actually really big news because weirdly enough i was talking to a colleague the other day about the fact that Scotland are in a situation where they won't have their tens playing in Scotland because obviously Adam Hastings has signed for Bath. So he, has he? yeah. So obviously Finn's in Paris. Um, Hastings is going to go to Bath. I know that um, apparently Edinburgh or Glasgow were, or the SRU were looking to sign. They've got a Scottish qualified 10 at Munster, whose name is escaping me at the moment and obviously it's a priority for them and, and for Gregor to bring some tens back to be playing up there and you know the the hair bear bunch in terms well hair bear soloist um Dunky Weir is is going back up there so that's obviously a positive for them but you say that about like, people coming back it, it's a weird point in a world cup cycle for that to happen Yes or no? Well, Thomas Francis, I read a report actually saying that basically it was around his contract renewal. And then Rob Baxter was really, it was a really good report. I can't remember who covered it, maybe Rugby Pass, saying that um, basically they were like, oh, are you disappointed that he's not staying? Did you not want to like come up with something? And he was like, well, no, but, you know, obviously it's hard players leaving, but this is for a positive reason. He's leaving so that he can potentially have more of an, a Welsh career. And I just love that. Like, he's only five caps short. Mm. Wow. So he could if he managed to get in every six nations match he then doesn't have to leave i also yeah, the, but then, the shocking thing about all of this how is thomas francis 28 years old <laughs> I, like, oh my god what an amazing signing for the ospreys and i was like what like he's not 38 and i googled it and i was like <laughs> yeah. yeah he's still got plenty of uh plenty of time actually um on the flip side obviously you've got players moving home to or back to their home nation to qualify or to move back you know so that they're around their international rugby i've heard rumors i don't know whether it where again i saw this on social media whether it's true or not yet um but zach mercer who's been carving up to an extent in um yeah for bath is moving to france and and it's interesting because someone like that, you think, who has been doing really well, he was part of all the England under twenties. I'm actually a really, really great guy. I've done a couple. I've done a couple of things with him. Did an evening with type of on a panel and just so lovely, but completely overlooked by England and Eddie, and just gone like I'm. I'm cool. I've I've got an opportunity. I'm still young enough. I'm just going to go. I just think that that's like fair play to him. Um, so yeah. To perhaps like Stuart Lancaster was in 2015. And like Zach could he's going to Montpellier, isn't he? He can go there and be like the best player in the top 14. And Eddie's the kind of coach who, when it gets to 2023 in France, he's not gonna be the RFU, maybe his employers, but they're not his boss. 
And Eddie's the kind of bloke who's going to go, no, Zach Moose is the best player in the top 14. He's in my World Cup squad. Whereas in 2015, Stuart Lancaster wasn't able to pick Stefan Armitage, who it was a really similar circumstance of, you know, Steph being, you know, up there in the top 14 and, and um, Dylan as well to some extent. And he wasn't allowed to bring them into the World Cup squad. England learned from their mistakes. And do you know what, Zach Mercer? As much as it looks like a risk, I think if you've got confidence in your ability, like the cream only rises well, to He's the still top. only young. I think he's only early 20s. And actually, I mean, although saying that, I am a massive believer that if you, if the rule is, if you want to, if you want to play for your country, you've got to play in your country. I'm a massive believer that they, they don't break that rule. If that rule is in place and you make the decision to leave, you've made the decision to leave. And I think that, that that is something that I feel really passionately about. And he's made the decision to leave because I think he's just had enough. At, he's still young enough to go over there, sign yeah. however many, a couple of years, learn, grow, develop off of some of the most ridiculously experienced ex and current internationals from all around the world. Mm. And he also plays like that type of style that Montpellier, like, do you know what I mean? Like got a big old pack. He can just, I don't know, instead of banging his head against a brick wall, go and have a bit of fun, go and learn, go and develop. Um, I think moving on from players, just one person that um, who's done an amazing job in some of the media stuff I've seen is really like spot on. And some of his punditry was Alex Anderson has now been announced as head coach of sale. And I think that that's a really interesting move and it'll be fascinating to see how he, grows and develops in that role having kind of been the understudy in the ranks in Saracens um but part of a ridiculously successful team because as a pundit you hear him regularly on the sideline talking uh, and the culture of the team and, and his ethos is very clear it's very and he's always quite calm I mean he's obviously got a very uh very strict streak you can see that he wouldn't take any any uh grief but yeah I think that I think that's a really great move and an opportunity I, to um, I wouldn't know Alex that well like personally but I worked with Pat a lot when I was at Sky and um I don't think I've ever met a hard-working man in my life um, Pat Sanderson is one of the most intelligent men I've ever met in rugby um he is like doesn't stop I think he probably sleeps like two hours a night he is charismatic and Alex and him are very alike and you know that northerner thing as well I think he is going to be huge for sale maybe not this season maybe not next season but if they stick with him as long as they stuck with dimes I think that Alex will cement himself as a top rate head coach up there and sale are going to do really special things under him because got a huge amount of respect for him and well they've know. also had a, a hell of a lot of um you know uh, steve diamond finally had the resource to recruit yeah. um they've gone for a massive international feel from internationals that aren't necessarily taken away during international windows yeah. um and therefore they're benefiting from that and and actually one player that is doing a really good job i brought him into my fantasy lit team if anyone's doing that um aj mcginty Hell of a goal kicker. Not so many points at the weekend because it was a bit of a rubbishy game. Um, I think they played Worcester. But um, yeah, I, like, you know, and having an American international is an interesting one because actually they yeah. don't play test matches and he's been brilliant. And there's been another American that's been brought in. There's been like Russia. There's like all sorts of props and stuff that are coming out of the woodwork from all sorts of places. Um, anyway, there we go. 
the thing with sale as well is that it says a lot about the kind of organization that they are that uh, my illegitimate brother Faftaclerk stays there you know he's a world cup winner and he's really loyal to them as a club and I found that quite a that's an interesting story he was one of the stars at the world cup yeah although he hasn't been playing that well this season and he, there's like a frustration about how he plays uh when you when you watch him like I watched him and uh, you know last season he was just playing with such freedom and he was just unbelievable and I don't know whether you know it's like one of those things where he's such a competitive person that if he's not performing well then he's getting really frustrated because of the standard he sets for himself or if the behind the scenes stuff with Steve Diamond leaving and other bits are affecting him like obviously you don't know unless you're in there I think one thing just to finish off on sale um, and maybe finish off the pod as we've been we're nearly at our time is um, our time. with Katie Daly McLean being there um, and whether she is obviously she's a player coach with the women's whether she's going to give have opportunity to do some bits across with the men's or, or what she does um, as she grows and develops away from um, having, you know, having the commitment to international duty. Maybe that's a campaign that we start now, Katie Daly-McLean to be Alex Sanderson's assistant coach at Sale. Um, <laughs> next week, obviously there's no rugby this weekend. Next week, I would like us to do a bit of a kind of, um, I'm going to think of questions that I always want to ask you about your career because there was something I wanted to ask you about today, which you know. So I'm going to save it for next week. So if anyone else has got anything as well that they want to throw in the mix, get in touch. And thanks for joining us this week, guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.